Following Thursday's OTA practice, the Denver Broncos made a big splash, bringing in Frank Clark, former Kansas City Chief. What does that mean for the Broncos' defensive line room? Are there still any rumblings to Dalvin Cook potentially in Denver? And on top of that, we recap Thursday's OTA practice. You get that and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team... Every day. The Denver Broncos have added a Super Bowl winning defensive lineman to their roster who will bring physicality to the table. Big news on the day for the Denver Broncos. We'll break it all down on today's brand new Locked On Broncos podcast. Thank you so much, Broncos Country, for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. Shout out to all the everydayers out there as well. Make sure you subscribe or you follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So you never miss out on a day's worth of Broncos news, content, coverage, and more. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash NFL, And when you enter promo code LOCKEDONNFL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports. Joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantlyorange.com. Sarah, like Thursday's practice at the Centura Training Center in Dove Valley, it's organized team activities. We're excited. We get to access it once again. But then the real big news of the day came after practice had concluded in the middle of Garrett Bowles' press conference with the media. We got the notification that the Denver Broncos were making a big splash, adding a Super Bowl winning defensive lineman to the roster. That's right. Frank Clark, come on down. I mean, man, Cody, this is kind of a surreal type of feeling we've gotten so used to over the last handful of years, this next man up mentality. And now the Broncos are being a bit more aggressive, aren't they? Going out and filling some of these needs that they may be perceiving there as OTAs progress. A couple weeks ago, team goes out and they signed Cam Fleming. They signed some help on the defensive line as well. And now you get another piece for that pass rush unit. And Frank Clark, quite honestly, quite frankly, Cody, is one of the biggest pickups, I think, of the offseason at this point. Not just because he's one of the biggest names, but this is a guy who entering his age 30 season, he will turn 30 here in the month of June. He is going to be a factor off the edge. He's pretty consistently been that for the Kansas City Chiefs. One of those guys, as we've been talking about the pressure being on Randy Gregory to go out there and be a closer at the end of games. Frank Clark has proven he can do that, but not just has he proven he can do that over the course of his career. Cody, this is a guy who ranks right behind William McGinnis all time in terms of playoff sacks. He has 13 and a half sacks in the postseason, just a couple shy of William McGinnis, who I believe is at 15 or 16 or something like that. So within striking distance there, hopefully he'll get a chance to maybe beat that record here in Denver. He's a guy that's going to bring pressure also from the defensive end position. And look, I will dive a little bit deeper into maybe what the Broncos starting defensive line may look like, because right now it looks pretty nice on paper. But to be frank with you here, going back to the point that you mentioned about the postseason sacks, right? You know, in those 12 games that he's played in the postseason with Kansas City, specifically 10 and a half out of those 13 and a half sacks have come in the postseason. So when it matters most, you have a guy who has turned it on exponentially, right? And he's been an impact player, obviously, throughout his career with Kansas City in his four seasons, I believe 23 and a half total sacks for him there. And so... For the Broncos, what type of player are they getting? They get a guy who's really good against the run. 
They get a guy who's really good at creating pressure on the defensive line, something that, hey, you and I were talking about this not too long ago when players who you know have maybe some pressure on them, we talked about Matt Henningsen maybe have to step in that role. Well, now it appears the Broncos have their starter opposite of Zach Allen at the defensive end position here with the arrival of Frank Clark. And obviously this news comes as first reported by the scores, Jordan Schultz, good friend of the program here. Uh, he, he, he mentioned he broke it as well. But on top of that, you look at where Frank Clark has been, and I want to make the analogy here. Sarah, what has Sean Payton and George Payton done for the Broncos specifically this offseason? You make the argument with Sean Payton, right? You bring winning to the table. Not sure where Payton is in terms of him himself bringing physicality, but Denver has gone and they've signed guys in free agency like Mike McGlinchey, Ben Powers, guys who are winners, have won games at the NFL level, been on winning teams, and they're also physical, right? So this is becoming the DNA in which we're seeing with a Sean Payton-led team. It's going to be about physically imposing your will. Obviously, on the offensive line, running the football, having a very, very uh, aggressive offensive line, and now your defensive line maintaining that same mentality by bringing in a guy like Frank Clark. Now, I will have to say, just several months ago, you and I were talking on the show. We're like, man, I can't believe Frank Clark got away with suplexing Russell Wilson in that game against the Chiefs there where the Broncos almost beat Kansas City at Arrowhead, maybe they'll put that behind them here going forward. But even like we even talked about Roger Goodell going saying, hey, I don't care how you hit the quarterback. We'll see if Roger still feels the same exact way now that Frank Clark is a Denver Bronco. I feel like I had to throw it out there. But this news also comes on the day that we also found out that the Broncos, you know, one guy we've been looking for at OTAs who has not been there, Baron Browning, is going to miss some time. He just had arthroscopic knee surgery for his meniscus, is expected to be back ready for training camp. Doesn't necessarily impact why the Broncos made this move because Clark is going to play defensive end, but he also could play on the outside too if you need him to be. Yeah, and we did talk about, Cody, just the Broncos maybe needing to raise the floor of that pass rush unit, right? With Randy Gregory obviously coming off a year in which he struggled with injuries. Baron Browning has certainly struggled with plenty of injuries as well. Jonathan Cooper also, I mean, struggled with injuries a little bit. Nick Benito's still a bit raw, so... There's this balance between you need to have a certain floor in that, you know, that department as a pass rush unit, but also buying into your young guys. Remember going back to the draft, we kind of talked about hey, the Broncos really don't need another third round pick off the edge, right? They don't need that's not necessarily what they need. Frank Clark is what they needed, right? They needed a veteran who's proven who you know what you're getting in him. Five point five million dollars guaranteed, Cody, a deal that can be worth up to seven million, which Maybe the the market kind of set there by Leonard Floyd, who signed out with the uh, uh, the Buffalo Bills. So just uh, just things like that that put things into motion for the Denver Broncos. And of course, we hope Baron Browning has a speedy recovery because you want as many bodies as you can get off the edge there. And I I read a quote Cody from Frank Clark who spoke to Josina Anderson. I don't know where what media outlet Josina is with these days, but wherever she is, um, kudos to her for getting this quote right. Frank Clark said that he wants to help the Denver Broncos get back to the mountaintop, right? He's familiar with the AFC West. Obviously, he's played for the Kansas City Chiefs. So we know that he knows this division. He knows that a lot of the tackles he'll be going up against already, especially the ones he faced in practice with the Chiefs. So I'm excited to see what he can do, what he can bring to this team, because it's a it's a unique addition, isn't it? It's again, we're not used to the Broncos making these types of moves these days. Well, especially this late as well as you get ready. I mean, mandatory minicamp is next week. They'll have three days, then they're off until training camp. So for Frank Clark is, will he be there next week? Obviously, I think that there has to be the physical. There has to be everything. The paperwork has to be signed. I imagine we're going to see him next week. But yeah, I mean, now you add a, a 
veteran physical presence, a guy who has won games. And look, you know, I think some people also want to discuss maybe his past as well. There have been some things off the field that have created some concerns in the eyes of many people in the NFL. I know a lot of Broncos fans, when it happened, when everything was ongoing with the Chiefs, want to say, hey, look at this guy's making all these mistakes off the field. Well, apparently, you know, he's in a good enough place right now that the Broncos did enough background due diligence to say, okay, hey, we feel like this is going to be a fine fit for our locker room. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be people that hold a player's pass to the, you know, against them regardless. But I do think it's something that we have to talk about. We have to point out there in terms of consideration. But with that said, you look at the impact as well, the potential starting defensive line. I mean, you have Zach Allen and you have Frank Clark now as your starting defensive ends, more than likely. It's probably going to be the case. Then you have, you know, a defensive tackle, depending on what, if the Broncos, you know, do two down linemen on the interior, you have DJ Jones and Mike Purcell. And if you only have Frank Clark, Zach Allen, and one of those guys, it's either DJ Jones or Mike Purcell. It's pretty dang good uh, in terms of your defensive line and maybe where you're at. It makes me feel a little bit better about where the Broncos are at in terms of their defensive line depth, an area you and I were concerned about going into this offseason. But Broncos country, we want to know your thoughts here on the addition of Frank Clark to the Broncos defensive line room. Will it make them better? Will it give them a chance to experience maybe winning, having a guy who's been there before, who has done it? What type of experience will that bring to the table? We want to hear from you on that and much more. On top of that, with the addition now of Frank Clark, there were some rumors surrounding the Broncos and Dalvin Cook. Does the arrival of Frank Clark put those to bed? We'll dive a little bit deeper into the Dalvin Cook rumors as he's preparing to be released from the Minnesota Vikings. You'll get that much more on today's episode. Locked on Broncos. This episode of the show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Last year, Bird Dogs, they sent me joggers in khaki-style format. Easy to stretch. You know, for me, I, I like to work out a lot, and I also like to be comfortable. So, for me, I could wear it if I wanted to go to the gym. I could wear them essentially if I wanted to walk around the house, the office, and not have to deal with tightness. They're custom fit to you as well based on whether or not you like linings or anything like that. They also sent me shorts for the summertime last year. But this year, they also sent me two brand new pairs of shorts. I've worn them. I wear them when I w work out. I wear them when I take the dog on a walk. I love bird dogs, and I know that you will as well. You can choose your inseam length. You can also add linings if you want to. They're perfect for any type of weather. They have various color schemes and fit options, which will fit better than their competitors by a mile. So go to birddogs.com slash NFL and enter promo code LockedOnNFL for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash NFL for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Check it out today. Birddogs.com slash NFL. Will the Denver Broncos be able to pull off the upset and pry Dalvin Cook away from the Miami Dolphins? Cody, this is a big storyline as the Minnesota Vikings finally decided to part ways with Dalvin Cook. And we've seen all the photoshops. We've read all the tweets, you know, as many Broncos fans as dating back to. I mean, you could go back to even last year. We've been hearing about Dalvin Cook and Broncos fans making those connections when his name started to pop up in some trade rumors but here we are. We're in the beginning stages of June and the Minnesota Vikings actually released Dalvin Cook or as of the time as we we're recording this, Cody, that move was supposed to have gone through the NFL transaction wire barring a last second trade. So the assumption is, of course, that Dalvin was released by the team. And with that, Adam Schefter posted a little tweet out there saying that the Miami Dolphins and the Denver Broncos would be interested in potentially signing Dalvin Cook. I'm going to be fascinated to see how this plays out, Cody, because Dalvin's thrown out there, you know, on his Instagram page, posting himself at, at Hard Rock Stadium, you know, which is a kind of the subliminal message. There's a lot of rumors now about 
Potentially, he wants to go to Miami where he's from. That's his hometown. Makes sense. But John Payton, we heard, he was the one who really hit it off, was the quote that I read, Cody, with Frank Clark in his free agency pursuit. What kind of a, what kind of thoughts do you have as far as this Dalvin Cook rumor mill? Do the Broncos really want him? Are they just kind of, is that just kind of posturing? What are, what's your sense, especially given the recent moves the team has made at running back? Yeah, so obviously when everything was was happening, when Adam Schefter put that tweet out that, hey, the Vikings are planning to release Dalvin Cook, they were obviously, they're also looking at trading him. We're recording this podcast as well. So for if you're listening to this Friday morning, wherever you get your podcast, or if you're watching a day early on YouTube, as the time that we're recording this, nothing has formulated just yet. The plan is for the Vikings to look to potentially trade him. By the end of the day, if they can't do it, then they'll release him. He's free to sign with whatever team he wants to mention the Dolphins and the Broncos as teams with some interest. It, to your point, this all came before the Frank Clark news happened, right? So now that this Frank Clark move has happened on a one-year deal around $5.5 million, up to $7.5 million with incentives, does this make sense for the Broncos to now do? Do they need to go out and do that? And, and Sean Payton as well. We, we talked to him after practice on Thursday at the Centura Training Center, and we asked him you know, whether or not the roster moves, the construction, obviously with the release of Demaria Crockett this past week, whether he feels comfortable with where Javante's at, or if it's just, you know, maybe they're looking at some other things. He didn't really give us a definitive answer as to, you know, he, he mentioned he's very comfortable and he's very pleased with where Javante's at. But he just mentioned something along the lines of, you know, you need to be able to have roster flexibility. So with that said, that was before the Frank Clark stuff happened. Was that all part of it now? Because now Frank will have to take up a roster spot. It'll be interesting to see who gets released, maybe in a corresponding move. Could it be a defensive lineman? I'm not entirely sure how that's going to work out. But for me personally, Sarah, I, I just don't see it happening right now with Dalvin Cook coming to Denver after the Frank Clark stuff. Now, if the Frank Clark stuff didn't happen, I'd say, okay, hey, you know what? I feel like the Broncos are in the sweepstakes. They very well could still be in the sweepstakes, but in terms of just my, my opinion, maybe how I think about it, I don't see Dalvin Cook coming to Denver. He has an opportunity to go to Miami. Now, look, I know there's questions about Tua Tungo-Vailoa, but you look at the offensive weapons around that offensive structure. They put up points last year. Miami put up points regardless of who was at quarterback. And Dalvin Cook could instantly go in there and be their top running back by far. It's not even close. So for me, it's like, you know, go play for a team where you feel like you're going to get more of an opportunity and where you're closer to home or go to a team in Denver that is looking to build things the right way. I, I think there's appeals to both, but I'm, I'm leaning that he's going to probably end up in Miami. I think that's kind of the way that it feels right now. And again, I guess we'll see how badly the Denver Broncos do want him, whether Sean Payton gets on the horn and is like, hey, Dalvin, you know, here's the here's the vision, you know, and does his spiel, right? Because it sounds like Sean Payton could sell paper to a tree at this point, Cody. I mean, the guy just seems like a very convincing recruiter. And I love that. And I love the competition aspect of potentially being in the bidding for a free agent like this. But again, there's there's sides to everything right i mean the the broncos and dolphins they both have running backs on their roster they both invested at the position yada yada we i mean i mean it's very true and i think that the the biggest maybe if here in this whole situation is remember when dalvin was coming out of florida state in the nfl draft he fell to day two of the draft due to some concerns over you know, people that he associated with in his hometown. And, and I, I don't know the full story behind that. I just remember that being the case. So not to say that he, you know, people can't change and things like that. We just, we don't know. So I'll be fascinated to see what transpires with this. It does feel like right now, as of the time we're recording this, the rumor mill is definitely leaning heavily towards 
him being a Miami Dolphin. But a lot of reporters like Jeremy Fowler, I see out there of ESPN, he's out there saying like there's going to be other teams interested. So it's it's not even just the Broncos and Dolphins at this point. I'm sure other teams are going to jump into that mix. Maybe he wants to go to Buffalo and play with his brother, right? So I don't know what's ultimately going to happen, but I do think that this would be another move just to indicate like for the Broncos, like the Frank Clark move. That's a move to upgrade an area of your team that you maybe feel like is is decent, but you want to raise the floor of that room. Do they want to do that at running back? And is Dalvin Cook willing to come in and play as part of a trio there in that Broncos backfield? All of this is going to be very fun to watch. We don't get much free agency excitement no. like this in June, Cody. I'm loving it. <laughs> no, not at I mean, it's, it's very rare that there's a lot of movement like this there. And look, hey. Let's just hope that Dalvin Cook doesn't end up going to an AFC West divisional team, you know, like Kansas City. Kansas City be like, all right, you took Frank Clark. We're going to come in and we're going to try to sweep up Dalvin Cook and make things very difficult for you guys this upcoming season. That's always a possibility. Kansas City has a lot of allure there because, hey, like they've been to the big game. They're always winning games. They've been the top of the AFC West. Somebody needs to dethrone them, but they somehow find a way to add a key player at a position every single year that makes them even better, even more dangerous than we had previously thought they would be. So, fingers crossed, Dalvin Cook does not end up in the AFC West. But if he does end up with the Miami Dolphins, the Broncos will have to face him this upcoming season anyways in week three when Denver travels to Miami to take on former head coach and also some former players, Eric Sobert, Bradley Chubb, and a whole list of other people and the, the ties that bind there in Miami. Broncos country, we want to hear from you, though, and your thoughts on Dalvin Cook as of the time that we're recording this. And if he's not yet signed with another team, do you feel like Denver needs to go out? Do you feel like they need to make a play for Dalvin Cook? Or do you feel like it would just be a luxury addition at this point? Eager for your thoughts. If you're watching on YouTube, comment it down below. If you're listening, wherever you get your podcast, tweet us on Twitter, at Cody Rourke NFL, at Sir Bettinger, at Locked on Broncos. But with that said, Broncos country, OTAs finally wrapped up on Thursday in Dove Valley. Who are some players that stood out? What were some of the storylines and themes of the day? I'm going to recap all that with Sarah on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. Real quick, if you're a Nuggets fan, go check out the Locked on Nuggets podcast hosted by Adam Ades and Matt Moore. The Denver Nuggets are up 2-1 over the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals. And there's a game on Friday, Game 4. Can the Denver Nuggets win it again on the road and go up 3-1 in the series with a chance to close out at home at Ball Arena on the weekend? Check out the Locked On Nuggets podcast for more. For all your Denver Nuggets news, content, coverage, and everything you need, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The final day of organized team activities wrapped up for the Denver Broncos on Thursday at the Centura Training Center. There were a multitude of storylines, some that we've talked about post-practice, but overall, we're going to recap the day's thoughts here. Just want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country. Thanks for taking time out of your day to watch us or to listen to us, making us part of your day every single day, making us your first listen. Shout out to all the everydayers out there. We appreciate you so much. You make the show exactly what it is. Sarah, let's talk about players who stood out during Thursday's OTA practice in Dove Valley. It was a hot day. I had, you know, I wore this jacket to protect myself because every time I go to practice, I get sunburned because we're out there for about two and a half hours. So for me, I wore the jacket. Uh, but overall, in a hot day in Dove Valley, the tempo was upbeat. It was a fourth down day emphasis. And one thing you heard from Sean Payton in his post-practice press conference was emphasizing. First thing he came up and he said, you, you know, you saw us during our, our, our team period there. We were working on situations. And so Sean Payton, very attention to detail. I can't go into the extensive details to like what they were actually working on, but really emphasizing situations that they will more than likely 
run into in a game, right? And it's even the situations that maybe you run into maybe once or twice every other year, something that maybe you don't think about. Going through and talking about, hey, this is why it's important. He mentioned something as well. He doesn't want these guys to have to come in cold. And what he means by that is like, if you're in a situation, and let's go back to the Isaiah McKenzie situation when he was part of the Broncos several years ago against the Buffalo Bills. Remember, he did that comeback, he caught the ball, and then he didn't get out of bounds, and then the clock ran out and they had to go into halftime there. Situational awareness, situational football, it matters. It, it wins you games. It loses you games. Sean Payton emphasized that they did 43. Corlin Sutton told us they have like 73 or 75 different situations that they've talked about there that they work through here in practice. Attention to detail is a theme here with Sean Payton as he's taken over as the head coach of the Broncos. Cody, are you telling me that one of these 75 scenarios was Kendall Hinton potentially taking a snap out there at the QB position? What, just for old time's sake? No, I'm just <laughs> Maybe. Joking. I'm just joking. I mean, I think that would be hilarious, but I know that the Broncos are, are, it sounds Cody to me exciting because you know what? Like they've lacked a bit of professionalism in recent years. Haven't they as just as, as a team, like they, they've been among the league leaders in penalties last year. They've looked sloppy uh, on the offensive side of the ball, especially they've looked very sloppy dating back to Tom McMahon days on special teams just to know that they're going through these things, that they're going to be more, uh, I mean, gosh, I think the only word that I can really think of to describe it is professional as, you know, like like I, tell, I told you, Cody, last year, watching a lot of games on the Red Zone channel. I watched, I, I remember very vividly a play in which Skylar Thompson, a backup third string quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, orchestrated a touchdown drive. And I complained to you before we recorded, I was like, how is it that Skylar Thompson can make the offense in Miami look okay? And we struggle to, to move the chains one time. I mean, it just baffles my mind. So to know the Broncos are working on just being better pro football players and a better professional football team, as as you know, sarcastic as that sound, I mean it very genuinely. Like that's it's good to know. And I think what also is good to know, Cody, is that you saw some good things potentially from uh, as we talk about pass rushers, we talk about Frank Clark. Another guy who's he's changing numbers, so you got to be on the lookout for him out there, but could be uh, in line for also a more expansive role in 2023. Now, we're going to talk about Agent Zero, Jonathan Cooper. And I tell you what, just watching him in OTAs, if I had to talk about maybe one player who has consistently stood out, it has been Jonathan Cooper. I mean, once again, Sarah, going back to what we talked about when he was you know a rookie at training camp, the thing that he did, his high motor. He still has that high motor. It's very much on display here. But this is a guy who's creating a ton of pressure against the offense. No matter who's at quarterback, he's generating pressure. He's keeping edge contained. He's disrupting plays. He's disrupting the makeup or the setup and development of a play. Jonathan Cooper has probably been the best player who stood out in terms of the eye test so far at OTAs. He was noticeable during Thursday's practice. There was another player on the defensive side of the ball who also stood out as well. Well, a player you and I have talked about who can have a tremendous impact for them this upcoming season. That is Caden Stearns. He made a couple of impressive plays on the day and Thursday, uh, uh, making plays on the football there, getting in position, and more importantly, doing the things that we talked about for him. Like I said, he's bulked up. He's bigger in his upper body, which is nice. But his athleticism, his ability to stay on top of a route, whether it be deep, whether it be short breaking, he still has that quick twitch. He's got the ability to plant his foot and, and drive and get in phase. 
it's very much on display. He had a big day on Thursday as well in Dove Valley. And Sean Payton talked after practice about Caden Stearns and he mentioned, you know, health like that's that's the big thing for him, isn't it? It's been the story of the first two years of his NFL career. I remember that was kind of the story at the back end of his Texas career, right? Is the the P word potential got a lot of potential, got to stay healthy. Obviously, that's, you know, something that players probably wish they could control a little bit more of. But it's great to hear that he's having some good practices as well. And, you know, Cody, I think also, too, uh, offensively, we got to hear from Cortland Sutton. We got to hear from he's he's grateful to be a Bronco. He's, he he's looks flattered bigger. by the trade rumors. That. He's a big dude, man. I, I agree with you. I saw him at the podium. He's just he's a physical presence. He's a great teammate. He's somebody you love to hear from. He's a true captain, I would say, in terms of just embodying every aspect of what that means to be a team captain. What's your impression on Corlin Sutton now? Is it the trade rumors could be so distracting, right? They could be so they could be uh, even DJ like make him dejected, right? They could mm-hmm. make you feel like, well, this team doesn't want me. Like I don't. This team didn't want me enough to trade enough to get me. Like, but he's out there. He seems to be attacking it with a really positive mindset. Like if any of those trade rumors ever bothered him, you'd never know because he doesn't show it. And, and I would say on the offensive side of the ball, he's been a player that I would say has stood out consistently all throughout OTAs. Just his size. Like I said, his arms look bigger. Like I've stood next to Cortland Sutton. There's a picture of me talking to Cortland Sutton. We almost had like bigger arms. His arms are bigger now. Like, so he's been putting a lot of work. I I really wonder how much of the Broncos new offseason strength and conditioning program, because there's maintenance during this part as well. And there's also a continuation as you get into training camp. I wonder how big of a difference that has made for some guys. I mean, that's something that hasn't been asked yet, but Cortland is, is attacking, he's saying all the right things. And look, he looks the part and he, I think he can have a really, really big season this year for Denver, right? And, and it starts with maybe creating opportunities. I had a chance to ask Cortland after practice today about you know, what's it like for him having Tim Patrick back. Because Tim, regardless after he went down with the ACL injury, Tim was still in the locker room. He was still like he would travel on the road. He would be a very you know vocal portion and vocal leader inside that locker room for a lot of these young guys last year. But now he's back on the field and Cortland just talked about Knowing what it's like to, to be in a situation where it's like, hey, I'm getting back on the field now. You know, I haven't done this in a while. I'm getting back on the field after an ACL. Having that same experience has been good. And those guys have really bonded. And look, we can see something special, I think, from Cortland, Tim. We obviously Jerry's a highlight guy to talk about, but I really think the glue of the Broncos receiver room is going to be Cortland, Tim, and Jerry this upcoming season. So I'm super excited about it. There's a lot to build on. Uh, but ultimately, Denver's going to have to translate that. Like when the pads come on. Do some of these observations we've seen during OTAs, do they carry over? Does one guy who maybe didn't stand out to us in OTAs when the pads were on suddenly flash like, hey, where was this guy? Right? You can't do much in terms of contact during this time. So that's the frustrating part about the evaluation side. The pads are going to come on, obviously, in late July. You're going to have preseason, two games on the road, one game at home, and then guess what? The regular season is going to be here. Football is coming closer than most people realize. It's going to be a little bit of a layoff after next week, mandatory minicamp, where we will have access to Tuesday's practice, Wednesday's practice, and Thursday's practice. So I will shoot footage. I'll do a recap over at Mile High Sports. I'll write it here. And also, we'll do a podcast every single day talking about what's happening in Dove Valley. But Broncos country, this is the place to be locked on Broncos every single day. We attend practice, we attend games, and we get to see what's going on with this team. You want objective coverage? This is the place to be. Thank you so much for rocking with us, giving us part of your day. We appreciate you so much. But Sarah and I, we will be back on Monday for a brand new episode of the show as we take a look at mandatory minicamp as things ramp up a little bit. The Broncos get a little bit more time on the field 
What are some of the storylines? Will Denver make another roster move? How will the addition of Frank Clark impact the Broncos' defense this upcoming season? These are some things we're going to look forward to breaking down with you and Broncos country next week on the show.